0: what's up everybody this is majette from Diva Girl tribe and you're listening to the Diva Girl radio podcast the show that connects supports educates and empowers people who want fun unique and diverse experiences in their lives and businesses hello everyone thank you for joining me i know you could have been somewhere else doing something else but you decided to tune in and for that i'm truly grateful I'm super excited to welcome our fabulous guest today. Our fabulous guest today is Adrienne Bishop. She is a life and parent coach specializing in helping overwhelmed and anxious, highly sensitive moms, parents, their highly sensitive kids with confidence and without losing themselves in parenting. She is a certified life coach and a positive discipline parent educator who loves helping families break generational cycles. Hi, Adrian. Thank you for Hi. being here.
1: Thank you Very for welcome. having me. I'm excited.
0: Yes. yes. Um, I'm super curious about you, what you do, and you know, and, and how you became who you are now, right? Um, so tell yes. us a little bit about your journey of becoming a life and parent coach and you know, and 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 focusing more on that niche of like helping highly sensitive moms parent their children
1: yeah so when i was um about i think i had my third kid so he was a newborn and so i had a seven-year-old and a three-year-old and a newborn and i had recently just decided i wasn't going to go back to teaching music which is what i was doing before um and i was home with my three kids and i thought to myself um i better figure this out because <laughs> i now have three uh this parenting thing and also I just knew like personally myself, I was just struggling with anxiety and a lot of like worries about my kids that were just not really helping me in the situation. Like I knew it was all something I wanted to work on. Like I wanted to work on feeling better about me as a mom. I wanted to feel better, less anxious, less stressed. Um, It was almost like, you know, I would think a lot about damaging my kids and worry about they were going to get hurt or like everything I did was going to affect them negatively. I would get really caught up in that. And then I also didn't really have the skills to help my oldest daughter, who was um, a little strong-willed, stubborn in general. And I feel like she was kind of my impetus because she would just never, nothing traditional ever worked for her. So like timeouts, which I know now it's pretty common, but like timeouts and like punishing never worked for her, rewards, all that. And so I was like, I knew that she, I knew that I was sensitive. So I had known that for a little while, that I was highly sensitive. And then I figured out that you know, my older two were definitely highly sensitive. And I just had this gut feeling that like they needed something different. They needed to be parented in a different way than I had the skills to do. So I set about, um, i actually started working with a life coach and I completely shifted how I felt about myself. My anxiety reduced, my stress level went down and I had been in therapy for years and years. So like, I knew like I had some good senses as to like, I was self-aware and I had good tools, but I, I wanted more. Um, and like this life coaching, these tools just kind of shifted me because I realized I, I was in more control of my thoughts than I than I knew, and so I was able to sort of shift my feeling and my thinking around my kids. Um, and then I was trying to find tools that I could work with my daughter, and so I ended up reading a couple parenting books about positive parenting, and it worked like a miracle. Like she responded so well to all these tools, and I felt good using them. They felt really congruent with who I wanted to be as a mom. And then I was noticing that some of the life coaching tools were helping me actually stay calmer around her and implement some of the tools better. And so I was like talking to my life coach about this and she was like, why don't, and I was trying to figure out what to do. I wanted to work with moms. I wanted to work one-on-one with moms doing something. So I was like doula, LC, um, therapist. Like I was going through all these different ideas and she was like, why don't you just, just combine life coaching with all this stuff you're learning with positive parenting. And I was like, that's a thing. Like that's a job. And she's like, yeah, i So, you know, it wasn't super, it was pretty scary. Um, But I figured out that Positive Discipline had a certification training. So I did that. Um, And it was amazing. It was just one of the best experiences I've ever had. It was in person, of course, because it's pre-pandemic. And I met some really cool people. And their program is just outstanding. They train teachers. They train, um, you know, coaches. They train parents. And they know what they're doing. They got it down. Um, And so I was so inspired by them and I came back and I was like, that's it. I'm starting my business. And I just like put up a Facebook page, which doesn't even do anything and like freaked out and waited and like, of course nothing happened. Um, But then it sort of like snowballed from there. And um, I ended up doing a lot of workshops that I created on my own doing those live. That was about five years ago. So now I'm five years in and obviously things have changed a lot in my business, but that's how it, that's how it started just because I knew my kids needed something different and so did i
0: yeah and that's amazing thank you for sharing that um and uh, tell us a little bit more about that part right like you 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 created you became a, a life coach life slash parent coach um because of the, your own needs right because of your kids needs um, and that inspired you, motivated you to find ways right you did the research you took the classes and then you figure it out and then now you're teaching parents right? Especially highly sensitive moms, right? right. And, and I want to ask you a little bit more about that. I want to explain to the people who are listening right now, like, you know, I want you to be able to explain to them, like, what does that mean? And how can they, you know, are they a highly sensitive mom? Who is a highly sensitive mom? Like, what is that?
1: Yeah. So um, a lot of parents figure it out with their kids first, but it, it's the same acronym, right? So the acronym is DOES, D-O-E-S, and so, again, this was created, well, the, the woman that did the research on highly sensitive people is Elaine Aaron, and she did this research in the early 90s. So there's tons of books available. I am mean, not tons, I think there's three books available that if you want to read up on it. But basically, this is her work, her research, and it's D-O-E-S, and the D stands for deep thinking and depth of processing. So that just means that, I mean, I would call a lot of those people overthinkers, right? You see people that are always concerned about what's going on around them what people are thinking very very detail-oriented they have really big imaginations um they might even be slower to process things so you ask them a question and it takes them a minute because they're thinking and of course of course you don't need to have all of these traits these are just you know overall what people what you see then the uh, and like my son who's my middle son he's nine he takes a while to respond but it's just because he's got a lot going on up there. He's thinking a lot and then it takes him a minute to process what I'm saying and then to answer. So like learning that about him was really helpful because it felt like he was ignoring me, but he wasn't. He was actually processing what I was saying. So then the O means overstimulation and over-arousal, which is basically your nervous system is more likely to be over-aroused by the environment, by feelings, by emotions, by all this stuff. I'm sure you know many of these these ideas too but just thinking about that as being like a, just you have an oversensitive nervous system um and then this is why it actually is it can be comorbidities with ADHD because that also is a, is overallal is a huge issue with ADHD and then E is empathy so there's a strong sense of empathy they have a lot of empathy for others um, and they just have strong feelings and then the S is sensory processing stim- um, sen- sensory processing sensitivity so it's not a this is, not the disorder. It's just that lights, sounds, um, smells, tastes. So, you're going to have a lot of picky eaters in this situation for kids. You're going to have a lot of textures that bother them. Clothing is really hard. Like, they don't like tags. They don't like seams in their socks. They don't like tight pants. They don't like, they like to have to have soft, soft clothing, soft material. And for like, when it comes to, like a mom or a dad who's highly sensitive, usually what you see is you get touched out very easily. You startle quickly with noises, right? So then you have multiple kids talking at the same time and you get overwhelmed in like, you know, a second flat. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of shame. Um, So like very intense emotions, struggling to control your emotions, feeling like you might be in flight or fight more frequently, and then other people, your stress levels are higher because you just you know struggle to manage those. You're a people pleaser, perfectionist. All those things go in line with highly sensitive adults. So hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And um, and some people will probably you know um would think that it's is it is it the same or similar as people in the spectrum or no? Like let's clarify that.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. People do think that it's it's. It's. I would say that there are some levels of that are the same. Like some ideas are the same, right? But um, it is not the same. It basically highly sensitive is a personality trait. So it is not a disorder. It is not something that is is in that context that's actually labeled a disorder. It's more like introvert extrovert. So like I said, there are comorbid comor, comorbidities with autism and ADHD with with highly sensitive. But there's a lot of people that are just highly sensitive and there's nothing else. And all it is, is that they're, again, they have like a very sensitive nervous system. um, And they, because with a lot, sometimes with autism, there's not a lot of empathy, but like with highly sensitive kids, people, there's a ton of empathy. So it goes the other direction, Mm -hmm. Um, but there is the over arousal that's the same. And there are some similar qualities, but um, highly sensitive is just a trait personality wise and it's about twenty percent of the population. So it's a pretty significant number.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I appreciate you explaining that and clarifying that, right? For people who are not very familiar with that term or have heard it, but then would like put them all together. Like yeah. it, put a, sure. a, a, um, Autism and then highly sensitive, putting them all together. And and it's not, right? Like it no. there it, there are like what you said, there could be some comorbidity, but even that, like it's not even clear, but it's it but it's it's different and it's more like it's a different. trait, like highly sensitive. Yeah. It's a trait, yeah, yeah. Um so thank you for taking yeah, a moment course. and describing that a bit more and clarifying that. Yeah. Um so like um is it okay if I dig a little bit deeper about you? Of course, please. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So so, you know, like um, you mentioned that, you know, like you're starting with your daughter. Well, it was your your third child. And then, you know, and, and then is it you started to feel overwhelmed and then you 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 t- took a step back and like, OK, what do I need? Right. right. Yeah. And focusing mm-hmm. on you first so that you can help the little ones. Tell us a bit more about that moment when you realize um, and your journey from that. Like tell us, like share that with us.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, no that's such a good question because um it it's it's interesting that I went there first of course. Like I was like I know my kid is a little tough to manage, but I knew that I had I had to go first. Like I felt like my emotional reactions to her were just not helpful at all. And I didn't like the way I felt. Like I didn't like being overwhelmed and anxious, and I knew that if I was still in those states how could I be there for her? Like I knew, I knew instinctively that that wasn't going to be a helpful situation because I had, you know, experience with anxious adults around me, and it translates to the kids. Like you're just going to pass that along unintentionally, and I was like, I don't want to do that. Like I don't want to be that person uh, if I can, right? If it's possible. So I'm like, maybe it's possible. Maybe I can move out of this. Um, and so I decided to get myself help first because um, I knew that I had struggled with anxiety pretty much my whole life, but didn't even know it was there, right? So like in high school, I remember talking to one of my therapists about this, feeling like I was in a bubble. And she said, that's dissociation. Like, that's literally like you are protecting yourself. from." And I was like, oh my gosh. So some of these things that I was doing as coping mechanisms as a kid, I was still using as adult and it wasn't serving me. And so I was I was really hoping to sort of change my approach that, you know, from what I had been experiencing in the past, I wanted to be more emotionally intelligent, more able to control how I felt more and more self-aware. Um, and just more in control of of what was going on with me so that I could really be there for my kids, like authentically where it wasn't, I was this is almost what it was like. It was like, they were swimming in a pool and drowning and I got in and they were pulling me under you know, it was like, I could not sustain that for any longer. Um, and so I knew that I had to go first. I had to be the one that was on the side of the pool, pulling them out, you know? And so that's kind of what it felt like. It was very much like a drowning experience.
0: I appreciate you being honest with that, right? Because you're not alone. Like a lot of moms do feel that way. A lot of moms find themselves in the pool being, you know, pulled down by their kids. And I, and, and, I, I really appreciate you saying that you know like um you 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 had to put yourself to the side so that you'll be able to you know bring your kids to the side so they don't drown. Um, but it started with you and that's the message that you put out there, right I, I at yeah. your videos, I watch your Instagram, I see you on Facebook. The message that you put out there is for moms, for parents to take care of themselves first, right? Yeah. And you said this earlier too. It's like that part we in. Part of being highly sensitive is that you know your nervous system is dysregulated a lot of times, right? And we're we're more reactive. And it's like for moms to be able to take care of themselves first, do what they need first, then they're regulated, they're calmer. And then, like what you said, it's like your kids watch you, right? Mm -hmm. They're around you. And if you're nervous, you're anxious, your kids would 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 absorb that and then that's their example and that becomes their normal and then it passes down from generations to generations and with starting with you right taking care of you understanding you and and putting you first right basically it's like putting you first you're yeah. able to to change that and be a, an example of what cool calm you know mindful person is to your kid.
1: Yeah, and I wanted to be that safe space is what I like. Well, of course, it's a very therapy sort of way to say it, but I wanted to be that person that could that my kid could come to and I wasn't going to freak out with what they came to me with. That was like my ultimate goal, was like, I don't want to freak out, you know. I don't want to be laying awake all night worrying about it. Like I want to be more confident that whatever they bring to me. I emotionally can handle it. Like I wanted to be able to be that, that rock for them. And of course it's not like I'm perfect and I'm not. And I definitely have moments where I worry a lot about things, but it like compared to where I was, it's, oh my God, night and day. I mean, that doesn't even describe it. It's I'm a different person. Like I'm a literally a different person. I feel like whatever comes my way, you can handle it and knowing, and I didn't believe that before about myself. Never did I believe that. And I wanted that for my kids. I wanted them to feel that way because I know being a sensitive person in this world is not easy. And I wanted to be able to give them the tools to be able to feel like they can handle whatever comes their way. Like no matter what it is, they can emotionally be okay and they know what to do and they have tools. And so, you know, that's something I felt like I, you know, could have used growing up. And um, now that I have them, it's, it's like, yeah, it's a different, it's just a completely different experience of life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I love it. I really, really do. Um, And, you know, and that resonates with me. Like when I when I was I only have one daughter, but when I became a mom, I was like I was 34. And, you know, and I found myself not in a very good place. And that's when I started doing the work. Right. Like kids inspire us to, to be better people. Right. Like 100%. Yes yeah. and it's like you know and I because all I wanted was my daughter to be happy but I was so unhappy at that point in my life and I'm like okay well I can't tell this kid and tell and tell her and like drill in her that you know be happy be happy right and I'm not happy I'm not the example of happiness I need to do the work my you know for me first and um and yeah and yes. I am and just like you I am a very different person from before a kid, before my daughter <laughs> to like, you know, after my daughter. So Yeah,
1: I like to yeah. call them um little Buddhas. Like they are they are invite they're inviting us to enlightenment if we take oh. their invitation.
0: <laughs> I love that. I so love that. The little Buddhas, um they're inviting us to enlightenment.
1: Yeah. Yes, right. But we have to accept really- it. You know, oh. that's the thing. It's like it's our job to say, yes, I am ready to do this work. Um, and it's funny because when people say that to me, when I, when I like talk about coaching, they're like, oh, you know, it seems like a lot of work. I'm like, I never think of it as work. No. to be honest, it feels like joy to come yeah. to like work on this stuff, to be coach, to coach. It just feels like, it feels so good to be in a session, to be coach, to go to coach. I never thought of it as work. Um, and I know people refer to it that way, but it's like, no, it's more like, it's just, you're evolving and you're learning these skills, but it's it's almost natural. Like it's what we, what we need as humans. It feels like that's what is missing when you, when you start learning it, it feels so, for me, it felt really easy to absorb because it was exactly what I was looking for. Does that make sense? Totally. like, it didn't feel like an effort.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, it felt like, it felt like home, like relief. I love that. Yeah, no, it definitely. It, it, it makes so much sense. It's like it, you're evolving. It's a time to, it's your time to evolve, right? And, and it's good to evolve to, to grow, right? There's always room for, for growth. And it's like, it's, it's learning about ourselves. And, you know, it's, it's, yes, it's working on ourselves, but it's like, but if we look at it, like what I'm hearing from you is like, look at it as like a chance for us to evolve and, yes. and, and, and grow. It's a, like, it's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it is a chance to literally feel better. So I really think that that's huge, like to to be able to be more in control of feeling better if you want to. Um, like, I, I think that chance is really, really awesome. And, you know, it's a gift. Um, and so I was just really happy to find these options, you know, to be able to have these resources and to know they're there and to go for them. Um, yeah, so I just kind of got lucky in that area and just like, you know, pursued it, but it worked out. It really was what I needed at the moment, but it is like, it is very, it's, it is very much about, you know, as parents come to me, um, you know, they, some of them will come and be like, it's me. I know it's me. I need help. It's me, you know? And I'm like, wow, amazing. And then some of them will come to me and be like, I just don't know what's going on with my kid. Like, da da da, da. and then by the end of the conversation we're at. It's everybody you know it's you, it's them, it's everybody we all need to. but the fact that it is them is actually good news because if it was just their kid, they would have no control over it. there would be nothing you could do, right? You can't puppeteer your kid into changing what they're doing. So it's good news that it's you and it's actually it's a lot easier than it sounds to sort of shift those things to be honest. Um, and yeah, that's like what I love to to talk to people about it's like listen, this is not going to take a long time. this is not going to be. Um, you know, super intense or difficult, it's like, you're going to, you're going to see big shifts just, you know, quickly. And it's totally doable. Everybody has a chance to have that possibility. And so it's just really fun to be able to give people that hope.
0: Yeah. And the the thing is, like, that's kind of like what society had, um, had kind of did a good job in telling us that we need to control our kids, right? Like, you said that, like, puppeting, right? Like, they're puppets and, and we control them, but it's not really right. It's like, um and, it and, and like, like I'm listening to you share that experience with your clients coming to you, like, you know, knowing that it's me, help me change so I can be, you know, I can help my kids or like parents that come and be like, how can I, how, how can I change my kids? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I hear mm-hmm. that too with my job right, as a therapist, it's like, Oh, this person is, is this and that, how can I change them? It's like, Nope that's not my job, right? That's not your job. Yeah. It's you let's work on you. And then you'll see once you're changing, you'll see the people around you change as well. Right? So
1: 100%. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And it makes I mean, especially with a child, like I was just talking to my coach friend, and she was saying, we teach them how to self regulate is essentially yeah. what we do as parents. Yeah, so it not only is it that Yeah, so it's yeah. not only is it like, we change and like, they just tangentially are there. It's like, no, like we change it. They literally, their brain changes. We are literally setting them up to be independent and to be able to regulate their emotions. Like this is so cool because we have that, like that influence over them in a good way. I like to think it's a good thing, um, that we have so much that we can do to help them, to set, set them up for a good, emotionally healthy life. And so it's very, it feels really good to know that, you know, as long as we're 80% doing, you know, good things with the kids, then we can really set them up for having a really good emotional life. And so um, I think that's empowering, to be honest, as opposed to being the other way where you have no control over anything like that. Yeah, not where I want to go. But it's true. Like we are literally creating neurons in their mind that, you know, are allowing them to regulate their emotions in the future. Like,
0: that's so cool. (laughs) It is super duper cool, and like what I said, I've I've told you this before, um, and that's why I invited you to the wellness conference to be one of our presenters, right? Because I see what you're putting out there, and it's super cool the way you put it, right? And you yeah. make parenting, you know, like a superpower, right? And more fun and more, you know, it's it's, I, I can't think of the right word, but it's it's more um. Like easy. But yeah. not, not in a term that, you know, like, um, yeah, like parenting does not have to be hard. It can be easy, but it really starts with us, right? right. Um, so for the conference, right, yes. you're talking about becoming a mindful mom. And we have been talking. I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation with you. I don't know if you yeah, are. totally. am. It's like, so fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and, and we've talked about, you know, being a hi- highly sensitive person, being a highly sensitive mom. And, you know, and. Um, and learning the tools, right. To be able to, um, to make changes and, and see the changes, the involvement of, of yourself and and your kids, right. Um, and be happier and, and all that good stuff. But, um, the topic that you have for the conference is called becoming a mindful mom. And it is learning, um, how to regulate your emotions so you can help your children, you know, exactly, cognitive right? you, right. Um, so, so tell us a little bit more about that. Um, what are the attendees going to get from it, you know? So. Yeah. So I'm
1: going to be talking a little bit about how to, again, regulate in a sense of how can we stay calm or how can we be regulated when our kids are not or when our kids are struggling and what's, what's the benefit behind that? So I'll just be talking about um, what are some tools that you can do to regulate your nervous system, number one. I'm going to make sure that people have a few tools to take home with them. Um, and then also just being able to be able to be self-aware, you know, in your own mind as to why things are happening, why you're reacting the way you're reacting, and then how to shift out of that. Because, I mean, being mindful, again, is always just self-awareness. And so we want to really use that tool um, as, as a parent to, to help us to shift away from maybe some habits that aren't working or triggers that we're experiencing. We want to be able to move away from some of those things. So I'll talk about how to do that. Um, and to be more confident, because I think that makes a huge difference when you're able to be confident that you are doing not not necessarily the right thing, but the right thing in the moment for you, you know, in that decision-making, like instinctually being able to trust your gut, being able to trust your instincts, um, and being okay with experimenting and backing up your own decisions and having your own back, you know, and those not second guessing yourself all the time. Um, And then just being able to be okay with whatever happens in regards to your kids' emotions. Like, how can you be present for them even though they're struggling without, again, getting pulled under the water, with being more like you are their coach slash therapist, like not necessarily like literally, but in the sense of you're holding space for that and whatever they're feeling. And you're, again, being able to not get wrapped up in it and not be engulfed by their feelings i think that's huge is to just be able to have that i call it observational attachment i think i just kind of made that up but just be maybe i didn't but <laughs> <Is it laughs> observational attachment detachment oh de- Observation. Observational detachment uh-huh right yeah. so like you're you're present but you're not getting caught up so you're able to regulate you know better and so i like to say it that way because it's not like we're detaching from connecting with our child actually we connect more when we're in that place but we're detaching from our emotions getting wrapped up in theirs, right? It's about me getting defensive, taking it personally, like we're getting rid of all of that. And we're able to just be present for what's happening for them and, and, you know, support and validate that. So those are, I think the main points. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i love it i love it i love I, well let me pause i love the observational detachment part right like i, I really love that when i've never heard of that before so you probably invented that term and it, it's it's beautiful the way you you explain what it means right because um yeah like the depersonalization of what's happening at the moment for one particular person like for us a, a child right and like not taking that personally not Taking us an attack, and then our defenses are up, and then we're dysregulated too, and then it's yeah. like you know, then we're both dysregulated, and it's just like a shit show, right? Yes, so, exactly. So I love it. So I am <laughs> excited about it because so you're going to be um, sharing tools to for yeah. moms to learn how to regulate their nervous system, so yes, they can show up as calm, confident, compassionate, mm-hmm. connected. Exactly. Moms, yes, right? exactly. You said it so nicely. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it. Um, Well, you explained it so well. So I'm like, oh, and I'm writing down my notes. Oh, oh, so that's what's going to be like. No, I love it. It's exciting. (laughs) Um, Instead of yelling, right? Instead of yelling. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Instead of yelling for sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there are, as you know, as a therapist and what you do, like there are triggers that really do cause us to yell and it's most, most of it is not our fault, but there are some ways to move away from it. And I, I just love helping people move away from that. And even when you have some of the tools that you know how to speak to your child differently, you don't need to, like, you just don't go to yelling as much because you have other options. You have other ways to, you know, communicate with your kid. So it's easier to get them to cooperate, easier to get them to listen. So like the yelling just goes down already. But then you also add the, you know, moving away from triggers, changing how your perspective is and your understanding around what your child is doing and their behavior all those things together really help it help you to kind of automatically not react that way which is nice so it works really well
0: oh i'm super excited i'm excited <laughs> for our attendees to like hear you on stage and hear you talk about and share you know share about the tools um, that can help yeah. them um you know mindful moms so yeah, thank you for saying, yes um all right so there is this part that I forgot to tell you about um, in our podcast, which is the rapid fire questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear to God, I did not purposely forget about, to, to, you know, forget to tell you about it. I, I guess we just dove right into this, right? But yeah, there's a, this rapid fire part wherein I ask you a question and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind, one sentence or one word. Okay. Let's Are it. you game? I'm game. Let's do it. Yay. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So let's start. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. Number one best parenting book for you Positive Discipline.
1: Who is that by? It's by um, Jane Nelson.
0: <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. Um, all right. Next question. You ready? Okay. Who is a famous person you oh. would like to meet? Dead or alive, and why?
1: Ella Fitzgerald, because she—I was a singer, and she was my idol, and I'm also—I also named my daughter after her.
0: Uh, oh, okay, okay. So, all right, you—you you gave me a little bit more about yourself there. So, um, you were in music, you said you—you, you, you, yeah, and then—and um, then you were a singer. So, tell me a little bit that um, about your music background. Your—your your, what you did before you became a life coach. So, I went to school
1: for. Initially, went to Penn State. Um, for anthropology. And I started singing in the, I sang in high school choirs and was obsessed with it, but didn't go into it, into college. And then when I was at Penn state, I started singing in their choir and I, my roommate was the conductor of one of those choirs. And I was like, I want to do that. And so I decided to transfer to Westminster choir college, which is a music school and be a music teacher so that I can conduct choirs. Um, And then I also figured out that I wanted to be a singer while I was there, like an official, like performing, like a opera I wanted to be an opera singer, so I, classical singer, so I decided to pursue that in grad school, went to grad school for singing for opera performance, and then um, worked worked in, um, you know, different areas of, of singing, like uh, I do a lot of prof- professional choir singing, a lot of the opera chorus at Philadelphia, I sang with them for a while. Um, I did some solo gigs, and then I taught music, sort of on the side, depending on you know what year it was sometimes it was full-time teaching sometimes it was voice lessons and that was what i did until i had my third
0: wow super cool thank yeah. you for sharing that yeah um all right cool and are you ready for the next one next question Let's do it. okay so what is your biggest motivation for getting up in the morning i would say
1: first it's my kids And then it's, I, you know, obviously my husband is in there too, my family, but then I think my job, like, I just, I just love it. It's so much fun. I have never had a job where I never want to not work. Like there are weekends where I wish I was working. It's kind of weird. Like never have I had that before, you know? And it's just, I never tire of it. And I'm so inspired. I know this sounds so cliche, but it's just (laughs) really true. (laughs) Yeah, that's really true. I mean, like I've had jobs that I, after three months, didn't want to be, I mean, most of my jobs, I didn't want to be in for, you know, a year after a year, I've been in this five years and I can't imagine doing anything else and just connecting with people all day. is just, it's so much fun.
0: I hear you. I hear, And I believe you, um, <laughs> you know what, when you're, you're, when you're doing what you love, it's, it's, you just love it so much that it doesn't feel like work. Yeah yeah it doesn't and, it really doesn't and when I, so one thing i said like um and you know you you told me earlier that you're, you're traveling a lot like um and i'm like actually when 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 i travel and you know and i do that for myself and it's like because i love my job so like, i love what i do so much that i need to t- i need to give myself a lot of love and like, <laughs> take care of myself so exactly up, right and
1: yeah that's like, true
0: yeah very true so, all right so last question this has been really delightful um <laughs> What do you love to be complimented on? Um
1: I think it's mostly that I make people feel comfortable or I recognize something about someone that they really appreciated. So most of it's just like me reflecting back what people, you know, want from like want to feel about themselves. Like I really really enjoy when people are like, I just feel comfortable. I feel like I know you. I feel like I can tell you anything, obviously, because I'm a coach. Like, <laughs> it makes sense. But like, that's what I really enjoy hearing from people is just, um, or I'm really fun. That's another one. I love when people say that I they had a good time talking to me or just like being with me. So yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's a great compliment. That is true. It is a great compliment to yeah. me. Yeah. Well, Adrian, it has been such a delightful time spending, you know, a few minutes with you. Thank you. Thank you. It was
1: been it's been so fun. Cool, oh, cool, cool.
0: So um, for our podcast, we have our guests have the last words. So what would be your parting wise words to our listeners today before we, we say goodbye?
1: Always remember that you are normal. And that if you want, you can change.
0: (laughs) I love that. Oh, What a great reminder. And with that, we say adios. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you at our upcoming events. Go to divagirltribe.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at divagirltribe. Become a member and join our Divagirl411 Facebook group